to join you as backing singers we're auditioning <laughs> so I've just decided that I'm not even going to use that intro track anymore I just I want to sing the tune because that's just do you think Ray Shadow would think they want us to sing their no, tune they would think you girls are butchering it and uh, we've lost a lot of money uh how are you oh, it's, I'm so it's, good what week of the uh lockdown are we I don't know about week 14 I think Oh my god! Oh no, fourteen, 14 weeks, weeks of my life. Fourteen weeks of <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> of my youth. I know, Christina. This is my youth. You had. You got to have your youth. I know, but now I don't get to have my midlife stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I think you are having a few midlife crises. <laughs> I really am. I put Dad's feet in a bowl of salts the other day on the no, balcony. No, you put your body in a bowl of salts. Oh yeah, I did last that as night. well. I, in I, my come, bath. I, I came into the house and you had all these crystals and the what is it? The magnesium salts. Yeah. And I was like, the whole labeling was chill out. I'm like, sweetie, are you all right? I'm chilling out in my bath. <laughs> Life is You're bad. doing like at home nail salon. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I just wish I could do at home hair and at home waxing because uh, I can't do oh, either. No, actually, didn't you ask Dad? I tried to get him to help me, but he was no good, so I gave up on that. So I just tried to, you know, rip it myself. Never ask your boyfriend slash husband slash partner. To wax if, anywhere. To wax anywhere, to <laughs> help you in any way, because the job is not going to be fulfilled to your requirement no. or your standard. No. Or if theirs. I've learned anything about this pandemic, <laughs> don't ask for a man's help. Even if it's Ikea shelves, half the time they don't even know no. what they're doing either. No, I know. It's so true. So that's what we're up to in pandemic. That's We've still got rock to. requests coming through, which has been great. Pet rock, please, yeah. pre order your yeah, pet pre-order. rocks because these are going to sell out and you're going to miss your chance and this is like one of those rare items where one day you'll be on Antiques Roadshow <laughs> and the, the host will be like and what was this and and you can say well I would listen to this podcast mm. back in 2021 when yeah. the pandemic and these amazing girls had this idea of you know what we're going to sell pet rocks and you're going to be on Antiques Roadshow <laughs> and they're going to auction off it's going to be like five million dollars and you didn't even know and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I love that we're on Antics Roadshow with our pet rocks and we're worth $5 million. Like, try and stop us dreaming. It's one of my favourite shows. <laughs> to this day, I will watch Antics Roadshow on repeat. Really? I love Antics what Roadshow. What do you love about it? The fact, oh my God, I get obsessed. You should see her now. She's like gone into, <laughs> as though she's fallen in love with someone, but it's fallen in love with Antiques Roadshow. My life is just a downward spiral. <laughs> uh, but I love when they have, they'll go, I found this old painting in my grandmother's attic and the guy will be like, mm, let's assess. And they get out the magnifying glass and they oh look my around gosh. the canvas and they go, ah, oh, yes, that paint was from the yesteryear time. And I'm like, oh my God, the yesteryear time. <laughs> Do you want to job on Antiques Roadshow because this is an audition tape and I reckon you get it. I don't even know what yesterday yes, or a magnifying not even glass. A bloody year, Christina. Oh, I made that up. <laughs> There's your in friends when he's, he's like, yes, you, you are? are? No. <laughs> You're... Is you are Rachel from the friends message of the letter of the breakup letter? Well, and you the story are. is I think it's a great show, and I think if you stack up on your pet rocks right now, you will be on the show. Okay, <laughs> on our show, maybe not the Antics Roadshow show. <laughs> uh, so today, Chris, we have a really special guest. We really do. This is really exciting. It's a really great episode. Uh, I think, you know, if you're someone that's been feeling a bit down in lockdown or just in life in general, uh, it's one that will really lift your spirits. So I was going through my Instagram feed the other day and Seamus, his, his name's Seamus Evans, he popped up on my feed yeah. and he was a host of Totally Wild, mm. which all my millennial babies will know, and Cheese TV. Which, I know Totally Wild and I'm not millennial. Ah, uh, Ranger Stacy. Ranger Stacy. Yeah. So he popped up on my Instagram feed the other day and I just thought, we have to get this guy on the pod. Yeah. He has so many stories about uh, Toasted TV and all of those antics. And he, I think what we came to learn was it, it wasn't just about, you know, mm-hmm. these cool things he's done. He's actually doing probably his best job now yeah. after hosting and being a radio host, uh, also a TV host. Yeah. And he has this newfound job for he's an ambassador of Tourette's Syndrome mm. Australia. And his story is really incredible. Actually brought tears to my eyes, yeah. just his passion. And we're looking forward to this amazing guy, but to actually get to speak to him in the realness and the rawness, and he's really open with everything. Mm. And in previous interactions we've had with him, he's just been this open, amazing soul. So I want to bring you what we get to hear often 
to your listening ears. So sit back, relax, relax laugh, laugh, and I'm us. sure you'll learn some stuff. <laughs> you'll learn some really fun facts. And you'll also come away with things that you can do to be all you want to be. Yeah. And I think his life motto is, it's going to be okay. Cool life motto. And wait, I'm not, it's like bridesmaids now. I want to have the last word. <laughs> and like, she's amazing and I'm amazing. Remember us? Go. <laughs> Hello, ladies. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to clean up. She's decluttering. Oh, <laughs> Clutters everything. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, no, it looks great. Hey, you, you've got the full on set. Look at you. Mate, I, I got everything. I got set up. I've got like a, a lovely microphone. I've got a lovely webcam. We're going two on. lovely girls. I've got two lovely girls and lots of cameras. How's Brisbane? Yeah, I'm in Brisbane. <gasps> and oh, it's man. great. Yeah, we've kind of, we've escaped it all. Uh, we did have a case recently, but I, I stick my head in the sand when it comes to news. I'm so tired of it. Good. I don't like talking about it. Good. I don't have an opinion on it. I don't <gasps> care. Next. I need, Just focus on what I'm doing. It's funny you say that because, mm. Seamus, where I live, like all the housemates, we don't have news or like free to air, so I don't want to see it. And then when I come yeah. home back to you, all you have on is the news. Like you have the 6 a.m. news, the 7 a.m. news. We've got 12 p.m. news. We've got 1 p.m. news. Oh, my God. I leave feeling anxiety. Yeah. Or is that just from hanging out with That's, me? Yeah, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I reckon <laughs> it might be a bit of hanging out with me. The other day, Dad was like, I want to watch the news. And I said, listen, no. I'll tell you it right now. Sydney's bad. <laughs> Melbourne isn't as bad. <laughs> Taliban are taking over. We're off. That's it. Change the news. Let's watch a movie. Oh, I'm ringing you every day for my news fix. Show yeah, don't worry about that. We're a news reader. That's way better. And how, so how have you been going? Yeah, I see. what's going on in the world? So a lot has happened since we last spoke. So okay. I'm an ambassador for Tourette Syndrome Association Australia. Yes. And I travel to uh, schools and corporations and mm-hmm. I give talks and my, I'm a keynote speaker. So mm-hmm. my keynote is on turning a flaw into a superpower. <gasps> and I share how I had to overcome the challenges associated with Tourette's to work on television and pursue a career in the public eye. I yes. worked on television for about seven years and then I worked on breakfast radio for about five mm-hmm. and um and I did a lot of stand-up and and in order to do that right at the beginning I had to essentially overcome the mental barrier that Tourette's brings of being quite insecure about it and also I had to uh work on my tics so to give you a background of Tourette syndrome mm-hmm. it's a neurological condition made up of motor and vocal tics and you need to have a combination of both motor and vocal to be classified as Tourette's Mm -hmm. and so I had it from birth so when I was a kid my sister called me Snuffleupagus because I kept (laughs) wriggling my nose like you know Snuffleupagus no oh my god yeah an elephant was a Snuffleupagus yeah Yeah, an elephant on uh, Sesame Street yeah elephant on Sesame Street oh my god high five us oldies Snuffleupagus (laughs) that was the coolest name how do you not know Sesame Street 25 I know the Big bird, the yellow. I just remember the big, big bird. His best mate, Snuffleupagus. It's Snuffleupagus. Well, he obviously didn't make an impression on me because I don't know who Snuffleupagus is. The big bird did, though. The big, the big bird did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's where kind of my journey began. Okay. Of I had to essentially... So the three pillars that I talk about in my talk are Mm. acceptance, passion, and determination. Mm. And the first thing was acceptance. I had to accept that I was different. I had to accept that I had Tourette's and I had to accept that I had these ticks that I was ignoring for so long and Mm. kind of stick my head in the sand like I do with COVID news. And, And then... I got my first job on Toasted TV, a kid show on Channel 10. Love and Toasted TV. I'm yeah. a true fan. A fan. I'm an OG. You wouldn't have watched me on Toasted. <laughs> I don't think I did. Maybe not. But I, I remember, no, because I remember you uploaded a post about Totally Wild the other day yeah. and that's what ignited the chat because I was the biggest. I loved you were, Totally Wild. You were a Totally Wild, wild girl. Yeah. yeah. And well, it was such well, a cool went, show. Everyone watched it. Was it was great. I loved it. And honestly, like mm. I worked on Toasted TV and then Totally Wild. Mm-hmm. I did four years on Toasted and three years on totally wild and mm. totally wild was so much fun and because I, I i failed school I, I was i can't sit still i can't concentrate however when i got on totally wild i became obsessed mm. with what i was researching mm. and i would like go into rabbit holes for the whole day and just research everything and by the end of the like by the time i came to film the story i knew more about the animal than the zookeeper that I was interviewing. <laughs> Because I just became obsessed and, and that's where I really I really fell in love with nature, wildlife, the world, the ecosystems and how it self-regulates itself, like needing more turtles for tiger sharks and if there are less and more of them, if there are less tiger sharks and more turtles then they're going to destroy the ocean floor because that's what they eat. And it was, yeah, it was just fascinating finding out. Mm. I, I have got 
incredible <laughs> random facts about animals. Okay, like, I love facts. Do you know, Seamus, <laughs> that mosquitoes have 47 teeth? I bet you didn't know that Do fact. they really? They have 47 teeth. And I, I just love that fact. <laughs> and I, it stuck with me for probably like 20 years of my life. Hang on, I've got a fact on animals. <laughs> Elephants have trunks. There's my fact. Is that snuggle puggle? No, they do. Snuggle puggle? No, Snuffleupagus. Oh, snuffleupagus. <laughs> Keep up with the program. Right? So we've got mosquito having. Vo- our listeners are learning so much already today, yeah. and we haven't even really kicked Can off. Can you tell me another one? Because yeah, another I feel like fact. I've told I got everyone. rude ones. Okay. These were the ones that I couldn't put on kids' TV. I oh, love these. I need it. I'm going to use the correct terminology. It's not rude. I'm not being inappropriate. <laughs> oh, come on. We love a bit of rudeness we on the podcast. It. We've had a lot worse. We've had a lot worse. <laughs> uh, hyenas, mm-hmm. the female is the alpha, and so the females are more dominant and they're bigger. Yeah. And they have six inch long elongated clitorises. Oh. <laughs> so you did I, not, I did not know that, but I want to know why why women don't take on board hyena anatomy. How, how could we <laughs> Well how do hyenas do it? How but I heard, I saw a meme the other day and someone said something about not being able to find it. And I was like, well, at least a they meme? had a six inch. Are you sure it was yeah. a meme? What were you looking up? Chris? No, <laughs> it was a meme. And I, was, I don't know where I saw it from. I don't even have those sites, but I don't know where I saw it from. But I'm just thinking, well, if that's the problem, why didn't we take on that anatomy and yeah, then people the would be able to find they it? got no problem. All right, where is it? It's poking me in the face. <laughs> yeah. That'd be hard to get around because you'd always be... No, it'd be good for the, well, for the man because they, they can't find it anyway. No, so. but for the woman, or what, like if you're bumping into everything in someone's head, you're always... How getting... long are you thinking? Wait, are you saying six... <laughs> six inches, yeah. Oh, six, oh, six inches? So, oh, I thought six centimetres. <laughs> no, no, these things are massive. So, for example, if, if, if you didn't know that and you were going on safari, you'd be like, oh, look at that male hyena. Uh-huh. That's, that's a clitoris. Would you say that on a tour group? Would you say that's a clitoris on a tour? I think it's a fabulous fact. I think it is a fabulous fact. (laughs) Cuttlefish blew me away. Cuttlefish is so impressive. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't talk about I remember doing the story on cuttlefish and I was asking this guy, he had a doctorate in cuttlefish in South Australia, and he couldn't we couldn't talk about this because it was rude. Mm. There's like a a cuttlefish specifically in South Australia that they only have one goal, and that is to mate. Wow. Excessive mating. Like they 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 travel to this one part of the planet in South Australia, mm-hmm. all they do is just sleep with each other and they do, they have found different techniques to um, get their sperm into the female. And so there are multiple ones. Like, for example, they'll pretend to be big macho cuttlefish, right? Yeah. Alpha. yeah. And then there are other ones, the male will pretend to be a female and mix in with the females and all of a sudden while it's in with the females, bam, it'll just <gasps> mate with them. And so what the females have started to do is they've got pockets in their cheeks and what they'll do is they'll take all the sperm and keep them in the pockets, right? Yeah. And so they'll mate with like 15, 20, 30, 40, 100 different cuttlefish and they'll keep the sperm to try and uh, increase the rate of be- being impregnated. But the males figure this out. And so what they did, just before they ejaculate, they will go and like blow all this water through the mouth what? to get rid of all the sperm in the pockets and then they would then put their sperm there to uh, put, like essentially put their resume on top of the list. Oh, my. Oh, my God. David Attenborough, you, you have got nothing you on. Actually, <laughs> you are the Australian David Attenborough. Why are we not doing a podcast I'm, every week on this stuff? This is fun. This is and really I've good fun. So much. Can you do it in a David Attenborough accent, Seamus? Uh, no, <laughs> I'll, I'll get too naughty. Well, I reckon we found a new David Attenborough and way better. Sorry, David, you are so... <laughs> secondary to Seamus Evans on all things Totally Wild. So Totally Wild. And then from that, what happened? So I did four years on Toasted and I went, right, Mm. I've had enough. And the producer of Totally Wild pulled me aside Mm. and said, do you want to go to go to Totally Wild in Adelaide? You know what? Absolutely. I'd love it. But there was this problem because I failed school. There was this Mm. problem. I really like, I'm talking when I graduated, I spelt skateboard with the number eight. Like I could barely read or write. I couldn't read a book. You were just a generation months. ahead of you because that's what they're all doing now, Seamus. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Text, you're you're ahead. Go, you up. Yeah, my my, my English up. essays had emojis. Um, <laughs> so I, I had to essentially, I had to train myself. Mm. Like I had to teach myself how to read and write properly So because Totally Wild is like a journalist job yes. but for kids' TV. Yeah. So there's a lot of research. There's a lot of script writing. You know, there's mm. producing. It's a Toasted TV was a bit more colour and movement like, 
Mm-hmm. Here's a carter and let's put some things down our pants on our heads and throw to another carter. Like <laughs> That's and my type of job. <laughs> <laughs> like the cuttlefish. Yeah. Then, um, <laughs> I've got many jobs. <laughs> yeah. A girl with many skills and <laughs> many talents. Yes. And then, and so, yeah, there began my kind of, that's where I, I had mm. to really teach myself how to read and write properly. And I started practicing writing like essays and things and being able to write properly for scripts, for vision and for, you know, uh, yeah. And, and, and then I, I did that for three years. So I was on television for seven years and I loved it. I had mm. so much fun. It was incredible. Mm. I got to do some really great things. I went, I actually, um, I interviewed Kermit the Frog <gasps> and Jason Siegel. Now, do you know who Kermit the Frog is? Yes, I know. From what TV show? Ses- no. Oh. Miss know. Piggy's his friend. Come on. Oh, I don't know. What? <laughs> what are they? What are Muppets, they? Muppets. The Muppets. Hey! <laughs> there we go. Without yeah. Sha- Seamus needs to be your quiz trivia, I don't know, coach or something. Yeah, your mentor. But Jason yeah. Siegel is one of my favourite actors yeah, he's awesome. So he's awesome. And I had this I had this really awkward moment with him. So we were in Sydney and we had to interview them for the Muppets mm. that were coming up that he wrote and started. Right. And I was busting to go to the toilet. Like yeah. I got before 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 interview nerves and I just needed to wee so bad. And yeah. I said to my producer, I said, I've got, I've got to run. He, he yeah. goes, Seamus, you have two minutes. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm so nervous. I've got to go. <laughs> And so I went to the bathroom and I opened up the bathroom and there's Jason Siegel <gasps> washing pants and he just looks at me and goes, hey, dude, how you going? <gasps> and I was like. <gasps> oh, my and God. so what was awkward is he then went into a cubicle oh. and just laid against, like just leant against the edge of the cubicle and just <sighs> like he wasn't going to the bathroom. He was just breaking. Yeah. Oh. And so I then went to the urinal and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's not, he's not doing anything. And, he, and I'm not going to wait. Yeah, and I'm like, he can hear me and I can't go. Wait a second. No, he, no. He can hear me not going. Oh, oh, this, oh. Turn the tap on, left. put the hand under the water. Well, and in that, the urinal, there's no tap next oh, to the urinal. I, I don't so think. The yeah. worst thing is that, like, on average, that's a hard thing. When anyone's in a public restroom, I find it hard to pee, but let alone a celebrity. And so I bailed and I went, I was like, I can't do this. 30 <laughs> seconds later. And action. <gasps> so welcome to Toast and TV, Jason Segal. And he's thinking, I, you didn't wee. You went to the, you, you didn't wee. He knows. And I was like, oh, <laughs> He knows I didn't wee. Everyone <laughs> knows. That's insane. Yeah. And it was a great interview between Kermit the Frog and you know, Jason. What was interesting is I didn't know much about Kermit the Frog, but it's the same guy. The original guy died and in 1990 another guy took over. So it's one mm. guy. So Kermit the Frog is a person. Mm. And he was hilarious, like funnier than Jason Siegel. This guy had us on stitches, like, and he was sitting down with his hand up, Kermit, and and I I was actually blown away. I didn't know what to expect. He was really funny. I interviewed Sarah Silverman. She wasn't wasn't that funny. She was quite dismissive. Oh. Yeah. I love some celebrity goss. Yeah, that's what we love. Give us us a celebrity goss. How was she dismissive? Like she just didn't answer your questions? She didn't care. Well, it was the fact that it was at the end. We were the last people to interview. Right. And she just gave us one-word answers and were really dismissive. She was super tired. And I was like, oh, well, as a comedian, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is Sarah Silverman. This is amazing. Yes. Nothing. And that's awkward. When people give you yeah. one word, it's it, how do you elaborate? How do you – and you know they don't want to be there, yeah. so it's kind of uncomfortable. But mm. Be like Horse and Hound on Love Actually. I love that. Remember the Love Actually? No, you not know, Love Actually. Notting Hill. Hill. No, Notting Hill. Sorry, I've got all my rom-coms. Rom-com, I'm trying to sound like you. Same era. But how good was Horse and Hound? Like he went around and he didn't even watch the show and he had to pretend to interview them and he did a good job. You really love that scene. I do love that scene. (laughs) I haven't. I don't remember. (gasps) You do so. You're just not telling us listeners. I'll watch Sesame Street if you watch Notting Hill. It's a deal. (laughs) I'm going to come back and do the pub trivia between the two of you on Sesame Street and Notting Hill and whoever wins. Snuggle puff? No, wait. (gasps) Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus. You are so not going to get that, are you? <laughs> no. So you did that and then what? So after seven years of being on television, mm. I did so many fun things. Totally wild, diving with sharks, catching brown snakes, mm. uh, skydiving, like having baby capuchin monkeys, holding spiders. Oh. Like I had an amazing time. But I hit this period where I was like, you know what? I want to do radio. Mm, I yeah. fell in love with breakfast radio and I really wanted to be like, Kyle Sandilands. Yeah. That's what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be like Marty Sheargold or yes. someone like this. So I thought, you know what, stuff it. 
I'm just going to give it a crack. I think, how old was I? I was like maybe 25. Yeah. Seven years of television and I had a bit of money in the bank and I thought, okay, I'll pack my bags, I'll drive to Melbourne and I will see what happens. Wow, from Adelaide to Melbourne. So you From Adelaide to Melbourne. Yeah, okay. And so, and this is important that I express this particular part of my life. (laughs) I was on television for seven years in my 20s. as I started 18. Up until twenty five, right? Mm. Mid twenty, I was, I was, I was a young guy. I thought pretty highly of myself. <laughs> like, no, no young guy no, at twenty five who's just not. done seven years in TV feels highly of themselves. Exactly. But the funny thing is, is not many people watched Toast and TV more totally <laughs> wild that were my age. Like, yeah, sure, I yeah. might have been recognised. Uh, by a 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they promoted cuttlefish holding sperm in <laughs> yeah. the gills and all the stuff you share with us, I'd be watching it. Don't worry about that. The mirror age oh, we should do Totally late Wild 40s. up late. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do that? We're onto something. <gasps> we are onto something. Yeah, we'll get oh, Ranger Stacey. I'll make a call. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ranger Stacey. She'd love it. Oh, apparently she's been on since they started from, like, yeah. start till... <laughs> She was on before. Like she was on like Cartoon Network. Oh, not Cartoon Network. Uh, Agro's Cartoon Yeah, Connection, she was. Saturday Disney and a few other different things. Yeah. Wombat, that was the show beforehand. Yeah. She had been there from the very beginning. That's she hard. was the biggest star yeah. in the 90s, like yeah. huge. She's now a household name and she's one of the loveliest people mm. in the world. And That's awesome. I love Stacey. She's so funny. I don't know if I should say this or not, but she's really cheeky. <laughs> we love cheeky. <laughs> so... The first time I met her, it was like my first day up at Channel 10 here in Brisbane. And I'm a, my name's Seamus, right, but I'm Italian. Yeah. And so when I met her, she goes, oh, Seamus, the Irish. I said, no, no, I'm Italian. She goes, ooh, Italian stallion. And I'm like, <laughs> Ranger Stacey hitting on me. Ranger, you should have said Ranger Stacey, you've clearly seen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You've called then- me the appropriate name. <laughs> like, what are you, a, what are you, a female hyena? <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then I said, oh, no, no, I'm Italian. No, that's right. I said, yeah, I'm Italian. She goes, oh, Italian stallion. And then I, and everyone laughed and she goes, oh, sorry, am I a cougar? Like <laughs> she's just so funny and fun cool. and really nice. And, mm. yeah, she was awesome. Mm. That's so cool. But um, so but, you were yeah. saying that you had this big head and you're like, oh, I'm ready right. to take on Melbourne I'm town. I'm going to Melbourne. Here yeah. we come. I'm going to be on Triple M. Rock yeah, show classics. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Very quickly found out that nobody cared (laughs) that I was on television and being 25 on national television got me nowhere and every every email I sent was rejected and all the executives, all the meetings, Mm. I tried to get nothing, nothing, no one cared. (gasps) And what happened is I kind of, I kind of, it actually, um, my ego deflated. Mm. I, I, I kind of had this sinking feeling of like crap who am I because you have this identity of like yeah I'm a kids tv host I'm on television Mm. for so many years especially in my formative years of like being 18 yeah that's how I kind of created this image of who I am and 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 had this expectation of how the world should work yeah and I found out very quickly that no no one cares and and Mm. I was constantly rejected constantly like well well who cares you're on television like I had to start from the beginning. So I went three months of just hustling. And to be honest, like I, I got really depressed and I got really mm, anxious and yeah. had to rebuild who I was. Mm. I rebuilt a different version, a different a version without an ego because the ego was huge. It was out of control. <laughs> I was a, let's face it, I was a wanker in Adelaide. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love that. I love the I love honesty. honesty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I had to build myself up again in a, in a positive way, in a way that could kind of take rejection. And then I took it on my stride and, and I finally got a job as at Nova 100 being a Casanova, handing out the icy cold cans of Coke, yeah. and five crosses. And yes. yeah, I did that for about eight months while hustling as many different stations as I could. Mm. But I love that and you I, did that. You I didn't agree. just go, I need to go and be a radio presenter. I need to be on the radio. I'll work my way to however I need to get to. Like yeah. that's You're the determined. stuff that's so cool. Yeah. Well, it was the fact that because I had got super depressed and lost that ego and kind mm. of had to build myself up again. Yeah. It was those building blocks of like, like I had this expectation. I'll walk into a breakfast job. Mm. I found out very quickly that that is not a reality. And mm. I, you know, I had to start. And no one track. gives a fuck about cuttlefish. What the <laughs> fuck? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't well, care because I didn't know the mate. fact about them. Now they give a fuck about them. Well, I can't believe I just Come swore. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hyena clitoris up your ass, all right? I don't care, mate, as long as you can throw to a soul. What's this song knowledge on Coldplay? <laughs> and, and I had to learn everything, everything about radio. Wow. Like I, I remember I was at um, Nova and I would literally turn up when I wasn't meant to work. I'd walk into the studio and just stand there and watch them and be like, hey, can I, can I watch over your shoulder and know how you do the panel? And they're like, yeah. That's and awesome. I just kept doing it over and over and I eventually, um, eight months passed and I got a job on breakfast radio for the Hit Network in Albury, Wodonga. <gasps> wow. wow. Albury, Wodonga, here we come. Yeah. Get in your car and yeah. let's drive to Albury, Wodonga, the border. Exactly. And I <laughs> loved it. It was amazing. It was only three hours from Melbourne and yeah. I had a lot of friends in Melbourne so I'd come back all the time and it was great. 80,000, I think it's 40,000 population in each town so eighty thousand in total i think our total listenership was like maybe a hundred thousand like with the neighboring towns and it was great and i i really understood why it was important that everybody didn't care that i was on television and couldn't walk into a breakfast job because the way Mm. the radio system in australia works is you go regional if you don't Mm. have much experience Mm, and then you learn what not to do. Yeah. By the time you're in Metro, you need to be a slick operator. You need mm. to know how to captivate an audience in five seconds. You yeah. need to know, you need to be tight. You need to be, you know, really effective with time, the panel, everything it needs to be punchy. It's a real art. Mm. And I had to learn that. And I didn't learn that. Hence why I was, you know, didn't get anywhere. Mm. And, and so, yeah, I spent two years in Aubrey and, um, Loved it. Loved being on Brecky Radio mm. up at four o'clock every yeah. morning, sometimes three thirty. I only drove like three minutes to work every day. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. Back into interviewing celebrities and, and the, the best part, what I most love about radio is you because I was the joke guy, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, crack jokes, have fun. But I had to really learn how to show a different side of my personality, reveal the more vulnerable, more realistic, more mm. relatable side of my personality. Mm. And I wasn't used to that because I was, you know, just mucking around on Kids TV. Yeah. So that was the real learning curve to be able to relate to our audience. Mm. Um, and I had to kind of really find the confidence in myself to have my opinions and be strong in them because for a very long time I would have an opinion about, let's say, for example, politics. Personally, I hate politics. I don't care. Mm. I have zero input. I I don't vote. Mm. If I do, I donkey vote. Like I've got, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so for a very long time, something to say something that passionate about an opinion like that, I was so hesitant Mm. because I had one side going, that's so horrible. You can't be saying that. It's the right thing to do to vote. (laughs) And the other side was like, no, just be honest because someone out there will agree. Yeah. And and for about a year, I just kind of pussyfooted around all the topics just to try and make a joke because I couldn't, I wasn't, I, I wasn't confident in having that opinion. Yeah. But then I really worked hard and I got a really good boss who, who, who was a mentor. I had many different mentors in radio and they helped me so much fine craft my personality um, and, 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 and work out what content can be appealing and relatable to the audience and, and, and what things going to spike their attention and what things going to arc them up. Like I, I really yeah. found a strong suit in saying things that are going to get people calling to say, that's wrong. Mm, you shouldn't yeah. say that, you know? Mm, yeah. And I love it because I'm a smarter. Like, oh, my God, you are like Kyle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Did you have a co-host in the mornings or I, were you on your I own? I did. No, no, I had Riley Rose. Riley Rose was my co-host for, mm. for two years there. Mm. And then um, after that, I went to Cairns, Finals Queensland. <gasps> the Hit Network for two wow. years. Wow. So good, isn't it? And, I mean, again, Cairns is another audience, another demographic, a lot of different oh. listeners of that era, isn't it? It's not like you're all we people. So the it's learning a new audience. About Cairns and Final mm. Queensland, they don't care. They don't care about anything. <laughs> like, they just don't care. Everyone's walking yeah. slowly. I remember standing when I got just got there, I was in the hotel and I was watching it rain and this person was walking and they didn't run. They were just walking. <laughs> and then the rain stopped and they never changed their pace. They didn't care. And I was like, no one cares because everything's going to be okay. Like, that is what? a good way to be. Isn't it? Yeah, everything can kill you up there. Yeah. So they just, hey, I don't care. 
It was brilliant. I loved Cairns. I loved it. That's it was amazing. amazing. Oh I feel like I know, when you were talking, you're just your drive and your passion to where you got to, you know, where you are now. But I feel like was that something to do with your Tourette's? Do you think like that determination to keep going? Like how did you, because you had a lot of setbacks. Um, I am a pretty determined person. Mm. If I want something, I go for it as mm. hard as I can. I think... Look, with Tourette's, there is no cure for Tourette's. Yeah. So I'll give some statistics on on Tourette's. One in 100 kids have it. One in 200 adults have it. Hang on, what? Those statistics in, are pretty yeah. uh, far out. Is there one a in spectrum, 100? Seamus? Uh, so everybody's relationship with Tourette's is different and everybody's symptoms are different and right. everybody's, uh, I guess, there are more mild and there are more extreme. Mm-hmm. There's also, so the swearing uh, ticks or Tourette's is called coprolalia. Mm. And I believe it's around 10% of the people who have Tourette's have coprolalia. Mm, So that one is much more rare. Yeah. However, you know, um, it is still, it's a very extreme condition. And, and I remember when I, when I, because growing up, I never had any kind of community with Tourette's syndrome. It was just me. It was Mm. me, my family. And, uh, when I joined the Tourette's syndrome community, I went to a camp, the Tourette Syndrome Association camp. Mm. And that was really eye-opening because my only experience was myself. Yeah, I was the only person I'd ever met with Tourette's and yeah. it was just my experience. And I have learnt over the years to manipulate my tics, to be redirected into body language. Mm. But to see these kids who were 16 and they just got diagnosed two years ago, they put, the tics came out two years ago and, and you know, hearing stories where they can't go to school. Uh, they, they've, if they're going to go shopping, they've got to close the shops down and they've got to go after hours mm. because, you know, you know, a 16-year-old girl, she's got to go try on bras, but she's swearing her head off and carrying on and, and people people react so badly to that and it's embarrassing. Mm. So to really see that community and understand why it's so important, I think, for these kids to go to the camp is to be like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. We are all right. We're not weird. We're not freaks. Mm-hmm. We're not different. Mm. This is okay. And yeah. to be with each other. And to like really say, hey, be yourself. Don't hold back the yeah. Go for it. Yeah. And it just created such a great encouraging environment. And that's what really made me go, you know what, I'm onto something here where I really want to be an ambassador and, and really spread the word about Tourette's and, and make it normal. Yes. That's the bit, isn't it? Normalise it. it. And, I mean, it's so cool. Kids are cool whatever they are and however they come. Mm, It's just society doesn't have that same view a lot of the time, does it? Yeah, that's right. And I think when you hear the statistic of it, it's one in 100 kids. Mm. Like, that's really common. And and so, like I said before, you need to have an accumulation of both uh, motor and vocal tics. Mm -hmm. So to give you an example, there Mm. are so many different tics and you'll pick up on them. After this, so for example, you know when you see someone who kind of rearranges their shirt, looks uncomfortable, mm, on the yeah. but you see them the next day and they're wearing a different shirt and they're still rearranging the shirt on the neck. Mm. Well, it's not the shirt then, is it? You know, no, like yeah. there are these, or, or, or someone just kind of blinks, mm. blinks excessively, mm. or you know, you hear certain <clears throat> like excessive grunting. Yeah, these are little ticks that, and ticks are so common, and that's what Tourette's is. It's an accumulation of ticks. However, there are so many other neurological conditions that fall under it. So I have ADHD Mm -hmm. and I've got some symptoms of OCD. So like, for example, I had, I still have it to a degree. It varies. But when I was growing up, I had an OCD tick where everything that happened on one side happened to happen on on the other. Mm. So I'd like stub my toe and I'd have to stub the other toe. <laughs> the exact same pressure, the same, everything. Had to be equal. If I touched one thing, I'd have to touch the other thing. Oh, everything wow. equal. I love the honesty. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That. Everything had to be the same. If I held something, I'd have to hold the other thing and it'd have to be equal. And that was a really strong OCD element. Um, but, yeah, Tourette's is a really complex condition. Mm. Mm. It's really complex and really different. So I think the one thing I took away lately, because I've only been an ambassador for, I would say, six months now, mm. um, everybody handles it differently yeah. and everybody's relationship with it is an intimate, personal relationship. Mm. So to go back to what you were saying about mm. was it the Tourette's that kind of gave me this drive, mm. I never, it's a hard question. So my relationship with Tourette's mm. when I was growing up, I hated it. Mm. I really hated it yeah. and as, because of that I hated myself because mm. I had these things that I couldn't control that kept happening and that made me different to everyone and I hated it. And so my 
coping mechanism was ignoring it and pretending I didn't have it. Mm. So ignoring the people looking at me going, what's, what's wrong with that guy? And ignoring the comments and coming up with little quips to, you know, reject them. Mm. But it was when I got my job on Toasted TV, the boss pulled me aside and said, why do you keep twitching? Because I didn't tell him because mm. I didn't well, like why it. Why would you? Oh, like, you should yeah. have to go in and go, hi, yeah. I'm Seamus right. and I've got... Mm. Exactly. And and growing up, I never used it as a title. No. I was never, mm. oh, I've sh- I'm Seamus, I have Tourette as a victim or mm. as, a, as a, this is, I just ignored it. Yeah. yeah. And so when he said, what have you got? Oh, yeah, I've got Tourette's. He was like, well, you're on television. So if your tics are going to be a problem, well, we can, mm. you're still under probation so we can find someone else. <sighs> and so... It was that moment where I was like, well, I love this job. Mm. Like this is all I've ever wanted. Mm. How can I keep it? And so I was faced, and this is what I go into in my keynote of acceptance, passion, and determination. Mm. The first job I had to accept. I had to accept yeah. that I was different mm-hmm. and I had to work on it. And so that's when I discovered my technique that worked for me. It's very different for everybody else, but this is what worked for me, was when I would register a tick, I would just do it differently. So um, how do I explain this? So, for example, one of my ticks is I, 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 I tick my shoulder like that. Mm. So, for example, if I was on television mm. doing it, I would kind of just re- roll my shoulders mm. and sit back. So it wasn't such an obvious move, but it still scratched the itch, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. It was still scratching it without it being that obvious scratch. Right. And And over the years I was able to redirect those large <clears throat> large movements like that mm. to stomach tenses, stomach rolls, butt clenches, mm. you know, clicking your heels together and pressing them together and pressing your knees together and clicking your fingers or <laughs> little things that were more disguisable so I could be on television. That was my journey with it. And I think... I don't know. Maybe, maybe having Tourette's and having that drive mm. triggered some sort of um, motivating gene in me. I, I have no idea because yeah. beforehand I was, oh, mate, I'm a lazy guy. Like, <laughs> I, I say, I've got two gears, no and go. So if I don't want to, like I grew up on the couch watching movies and television. Oh, my God, I love a good couch session. <laughs> yeah, that was, I was not the sporty guy. Like, what, you went to AFL or rugby league? Nah, or, nah you nah, were on the couch. I, I was so bad at all sports. I remember when I, because I'm Italian, mum was like, let's get him to play soccer. So I got, I played soccer and I remember I was walking around. Yeah, I just, I don't have white line fever. I did gymnastics. That was it. Oh, gymnastics. Oh my God. I was good at the foam pit where you just like jump in. (laughs) I was paying all these fees and she'd go, look, mum, I can jump in the foam pit. Oh my God. You two are like peas in a pot. I know. I know. The um, pit was fun. You know how <laughs> you, and you. What I, I want to pick up on this because certainly our listeners will have how did you redirect, mm. Seamus? Because that's so, mm. sitting there going, if I've got Tourette's and I'm listening to this and Seamus is saying redirect body language, that sounds so hard when yeah. it's mm. so uncontrollable as a mm. move. Yeah, well, okay. Just say someone ticks 200 times a day. Yep. Yeah. 200 times a day you have a, you have a chance to do that tick slightly differently. Mm. So over the day you've done it. 200 times slightly different. Mm -hmm. If you do that over a month, it's going to change. And so that's what I would do. So, for example, every day I would say, I've got this tick. I've got this tick. How am I going to do it? And what really worked for me was a lot of tensing and clenching Mm -hmm. and like kind of instead of I would just kind of really push Mm -hmm. and stretch and it would get it out. And Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like another thing I use as an example is, Excuse me, that's not a tick. I'm just burping. <laughs> it's like, you know when you get sand, like a grain of sand in your shirt? Yes. Take your shirt off and instead of flicking it, like yeah. a large, like, you just grab the corners of the shirt and lightly jiggle it each yeah. corner and it will come out. It'll come yeah. out. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, it does. So one thing that I do a lot is I always move. Like I'm always like moving around, jiggling my toes, yeah. my legs. I'm always like tensing things and like rearranging the way I sit and rolling my stomach. And I have found that was a way for television mm. was a way to 
not tick so obviously because mm. it was like it was it was like it was being let out in smaller dosages more often wow. instead of one large tick yeah it was like four or five different ticks all over and that like like what I've learned about Tourette's is everybody's different everybody's mm. case with it is different mm. and it's your own personal relationship and that was my personal relationship and that is how I handled it mm. But the biggest thing mm. to overcome the challenges with Tourette. Bigger than a hyenas. Bigger than a hyenas clitoris. <laughs> I really love that fact. You, you did. You I dug yourself get, a hole there, Seamus. I know. Imagine if it's not true. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be so angry. I know. Oh. That's funny, though. Imagine, But if, if it's not true, I knew and I just wanted to. Yeah, you wanted to get us with something and you've won. I think you're so all over this. The biggest hurdle with Tourette's is your personal journey with it and it's the stigmatism and it's being okay with everybody looking at you Mm -hmm. and it's understanding that like when I did my talk to the Tourette's Syndrome Association Australia, I said, look, there's no two ways about it. Tourette's is hard. Mm -hmm. People will look, Mm -hmm. people will make comments. People are going to bully. People are going to be jerks. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. And it will happen for the rest of your life. Yeah. So me personally, I had to come to a place of, being okay with that Mm. and that's where I really found my humor with it Mm. because I knew people were going to ask I knew people were going to comment I knew I was going to face like I faced so many situations where you know dudes would try and fight me because I'd that was one of my ticks. I'd come mm. up like that and they'd be like, what are you looking at, bro? What are you, bro? Are you right? Like, you know, and I'd have to get out of that. And so what quickly developed was my wit and my humour around it to deflect those mm. situations and, and again, to kind of normalise it because there are two, yeah, there are two reactions. You can either be embarrassed or you can have a laugh. And a yeah. lot of people... A lot of people's journey. I met I met a lady recently, and I said, you know, uh, her son has Tourette's. I said, how's he going? She goes, not good. He's mm. not handling it very well and because you know, geez, you, you, you're fourteen. Mm. You're going through puberty. You're trying to work out who you are as a person, and you've got these large, obvious ticks that everyone's like, "What's wrong with you, bro? Stop it! Mm. Like, take your medication." That has an effect. Mm. Of course, it does. And that to me was the hardest thing to overcome was the acceptance journey of just uh, accepting that I was different. Yes. And when I was able to do that, that's when I fell in love with it. And yeah. that's when I really liked it. So when I was born like as a kid, hating it because it made me different. Mm. And now I love it because it makes me different. And, and it's because of that acceptance of who I am and how I was born and what I have. That's, what made me fall in love with it. But for a very long time, I hated it. I love that. Like that's the key message, isn't it? Falling in love with it. And it makes me sad that, I mean, everyone stares at everyone. You've either got blonde hair and people think you're dumb. Not that I'm so not. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, everyone, and we talk about the 7-Eleven principle, seven seconds, 11 things are judged about you all the time. And it makes me so sad that kids are still in this day and age. We've mm. moved on from arcade when you were young, Seamus, mm. and we're still hearing it and seeing it. And it's just, it pisses me off and it makes me really sad. And, you know, I think, mm. yeah, the more we can yeah. get out there and the more that we can get people that message of love that's it and it. own it mm. and hug it, that's mm. when it will start to, you know, take on its own form. As you say, everyone's personal journey on it is personal. Mm. But those tips of just loving it and, and embracing, embracing it. the difference mm. because everyone's mm. different. Like what's normal? Nothing That's, is, nothing no is normal. That's the point. You know, everyone is different in their way. And this is why I've really, really strongly pursued this new career path. So at the end mm. of the two years of being in Cairns. Yeah, what happened? They made us redundant due to COVID, right? Okay. Right. Oh, so, shivers. Really? Yeah, this was like. This was like almost a year ago, like yeah. just just over a year ago. And I moved back and I'm like, what am I going to do? And mm. that's where I came up with the idea of like, you know what? Why don't, because my whole career, mm. although it's been amazing and I've loved it, mm. a lot of it was kind of around me mm. and, 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 and kind of being in a face and entertaining and, and being on something that, and, you know, television, radio, it was very... Self-orientated, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I was like, you know what? I think I want to do something more for other people now. 
And this is where I kind of went, I really, because I remember how I felt in school. I was, I was not athletic. I was not an academic. I had Tourette's ADHD, couldn't sit still, didn't care about school. Mm. I was a bit of a misfit and I felt I was kind of that society I grew up in because I wasn't excelling in school. I was dumb. You know, I wasn't getting straight A's. Oh, he's a dumb kid. And I wasn't the athletic one. So, you know, I was not uh, unco or whatever it was. Mm. And and so I just felt not like a fit in, mm. which then I'm like, you know what? I want to talk to those kids and I want to tell them, hey, it's all good mm. through acceptance, passion and determination. Mm. You can turn the, whatever flaw you think you've got into a superpower because it's still there. It's mm. up to you whether it's a flaw or a superpower. It's up to you whether you put it as a flaw or a strength. That's your decision. It's mm. still going to be there. If you have ADHD, that's up to you if you think it's a flaw or a superpower. It's what you def- you decide the category. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to run at that. I'm going to really push mm. this as hard as I can to try and encourage Australians to not hide from who they are. And I think that's, you know, what's much of a focusing on Tourette's, but for all kids, you know, when you go to schools that all have flaws and, you know, everyone does feel like it. I don't even think anyone thinks they're normal, to be honest. Mm. But I think that you give these kids hope to, that normal is boring. And, mm. you know, if you yeah, can use these, so what you would consider a flaw as, you know, a strength, it's it's so powerful for it all is. kids. And I remember being at school and just feeling dumb. I was quite, I wasn't, let's be honest, Christina, I wasn't quite. All those MLC school fees. <laughs> Didn't make us <laughs> Jumping in foam pits. <laughs> <laughs> we tried everything on you. But it's funny, you're put into a box and you're like, oh, that's the dumb girl. And, and you kind yeah. of start to feel that and you go, oh, well, yeah. I, I'm just going to be put in this category. But you do have to kind of break break mm. out of that category. Uh, so I think you're doing an amazing job by teaching these kids that. And it's really important. It's the best yeah. thing in the whole world. It's so much better than any TV show or radio show you could uh, e- seriously that you could ever do. And, you know, people always say, I said to Jamie Lee and she got an awesome year 12 mark and went on to uni and did what you desperately thought you mm. wanted to do and then mm. changed. But I always say a mark doesn't define you it and passing or failing at school doesn't define you. And entrepreneurs, you look at all the people that didn't even pass year 12, the Bill Gates of the world, mm. the Oprah Winfrey, mm. like none of them that are cool life like us, you know, mm. they they just went along their life and they were passionate and they embraced everything that they were given yeah. and chose to not allow them to fail. They chose themselves not to allow to fail, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's so true. Like all this, so people out there do not think that a mark defines you. Do not think that you know whether you're pretty or skinny or whatever it is. It's not just that. drink it's Grey Goose vodka. Drink Grey, Grey Goose <laughs> vodka and bloody go and Could save we get a the world. From yeah, Grey can we get a Goose? sponsor from Grey Goose? <laughs> Brand new um, adults only, totally wild package every Saturday night. I think we're on. I think we are on something. Why would not want to tune into us three <laughs> talking about hyenas clitoris? Yeah. And cuttlefish's cheeks. Having sex. Yeah. This is this, this is great. I know, it's so bloody <laughs> so good. So that can be your side hustle, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it still gives you the whole radio gig stuff. So when you're doing your keynotes, do you go to schools? How do we get you? Like yeah. how do people get how to we, see yeah. you? And- yep. So I, I have been hustling schools like crazy uh, mm-hmm. for the last six months since I really launched this new uh, career. Um, and I'm a part of a multiple speakers bureaus. Yep. So I, I go, yeah, I go to schools directly. There are virtual options, but I prefer in mm. person. I think Don't that's we all? my strong mm-hmm. suit. Yeah. Purely because I mean, I, I, I'm a comedian. I do stand up comedy mm-hmm. and just standing in front of a crowd is that's, 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 that's who I am. That's what I do. Yeah. So that's my favorite. And uh, yeah, I go to schools. I go to organizations. I've done multiple corporate talks. I've done multiple schools and yeah, I'm, I'm, pushing for 2022 i'm fairly busy between now and the end of the year mm-hmm. Give it, hopefully we don't have to reschedule anything due to yeah. covid because yeah. I've, I've got one school that i've rescheduled three times um and then yeah i'm, I'm pushing for 2022 bookings so hopefully oh my god we'll, we'll push for all of your 2022 yeah. bookings you can come yeah. to sydney and can hang we like hold like signs we can hold like schools notes go for and do the kids ask you questions or are they scared to ask because other peers are around what's that like they're scared to ask because like a lot of the times i'm giving a talk to 2000 students yeah Mm. it to the whole school and Mm. so you know you get some kid in grade six he's not putting his hand up Mm -mm. so i find a lot of them come up to me afterwards and they talk to me afterwards so my keynote can vary i don't like going less than 25 minutes Mm -hmm. but it's around 30 to 35 to 40 yeah and then um the one up on the sunny coast on the 11th, that's an hour. And I've got one in Cairns that's an hour as well. 
Um, so it can vary. Like it all depends on who I'm talking to, mm. you know, what kind of background they are, what kind of history they've got, what kind of a lot of the businesses, like I like to understand what the corporation is yeah. so I can talk, speak appropriately for them. Yeah. And a lot of the kids, like, for example, because I do year levels or whole school or just one class, you know, if I'm talking to the whole school, some of the things I can't really mention because the grade fivers are there. So, for example, when I talk about moving from Adelaide to Melbourne to pursue radio, yeah, I I was was pretty badly depressed and Mm. I had some really horrible thoughts. And so I don't go into depth with that when there are grade fivers around. Mm. But if it was just grade twelvers, yeah, I'll I'll touch on it and go into a little bit more in depth and how I kind of using the skills that I employed to get through those difficult times on a day-to-day basis of what I would do for that survival mode to actually get out of that headspace and, mm. and uh, keep the eye on the prize. And so, that's, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, and from a keynote perspective, a lot of keynote guys just have their talk and that's their talk. The fact that you personalise it to a year 12 versus a grade five mm. makes mm. it so more real and emotional and, yeah, captivating for the and audience. I, I just feel like before as we were talking and you were saying how, you know, you had to be vulnerable and that was really hard for you when you were in Aubrey Wodonga, but like mm. your growth, now you're at schools and you were just literally yeah. letting your shield down and you're being mm. so vulnerable. Like yeah. even that is just Yeah, Bernie so Brown incredible. in the arena. Yeah. And we're not the cheap sheets. We're not the cheap sheets. You know, Theodore Roosevelt, we are not that. We're in the arena with you. Shabbos, we're holding the sign right next to you. (laughs) The funny thing is it's interesting you brought that up. There is Mm. no way I would Mm. be able to do this new career if I didn't do radio. Yeah. Like radio taught me how to communicate. Radio Mm. taught me how to put together content just with your words and mm. paint a picture with your words mm. and connect to a crowd with your words and show those vulnerable sides. And mm. I, and under what it, what it more so taught me was understand what emotion is relatable to people, you know, mm. like, the, like, is it, is it love? Is it sadness? Is it, is it happiness? Is it fear? What is it that you can tap into and explore there and, and putting together my keynote, like it, it's not an easy thing. Like I put a lot of hours into this. I've written it out mm. multiple times. I've said it. Like I've probably done my keynote 15, maybe 15 times. Mm. But practicing, yeah. I've done it like 300 times. Mm. What I do, mm. I can't stand in my room and do it. Mm. I go for walks. So I'll go to like Kangaroo Point Cliffs here in Brisbane mm. and I'll walk and I'll just talk it out with no headphones and nothing. So I just look like I'm talking to myself. Some weirdo. <laughs> and, and like I'll go to a park. And I'll just stand at the basketball courts there and just pretend it's a stage and talk. <laughs> People are walking past with their dog. What's this guy doing? He's saying, like, feel free and stop. I'm doing a free performance right now. Other people pay millions for me and, and you're getting it for free. And you know hyenas? Yeah. Let <laughs> <laughs> me get this about cuddly. I'm just some crazy guy in a park. Did you know cuddlefish like to still sperm in their cheeks? Okay. Oh, next minute you have the police a police arresting you. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Um, your family, Seamus, how have they managed having a son that's got HD, like Tourette's, all, yep. all the things? Is it hard for parents? I think so. Yeah. Mm. My parents, thankfully, were very, very loving. Still are. Yeah. Still, I live, I'm in their house right now. God no, love them. Stop, stop walking around upstairs. I'm doing a Zoom. <laughs> no, they're amazing. Because when I was made redundant, I came back. I was like, what am I going to do? And I yeah. thought, stuff it. I've worked my ass off for 13 years. I'm just going to come home. Good mm. on you. And thankfully, they're just so amazing. And, just, and mm. then now pushing this new career, I'm like, hang on, let's utilize this for as long as I can. A few things that my parents did which helped me so much mm. when it came to Tourette's is they never spoke for me. That's so, so good. something that I have noticed, and I'm not a parent, so I'm, I'll never say if it's good or bad, but something my mum, my mother never did was say, oh, hello, this is Seamus. He has Tourette's. Or like oh, when they pick up didn't. on it, like, they oh, this is Seamus. And then be like, oh, he's got Tourette's. Like they would never do that, mm. which, which gave me the ownership so there's a Seamus. And then, you know, they'd say like, oh, why does, why do you keep twitching or whatever? And I'd look at mum and mum would look at me and say, well, they asked you, not me. And so that gave me the ownership mm. to be like, I have Tourette's. Yeah. Or, you know, if there was a day that I didn't want to talk about it, mm. I'd lie. And mm. I'd say, oh, I'm just hyper. Like, mm. but doing that really gave me the ownership and this is mine. I will lie about it or I will tell the truth about it. That is up to me. Mm. And doing that really encouraged me to get into control of it 
both physically and mentally more so was to mm. be able to control who I wanted, if I want to tell someone or not. And the yeah. amount of times I've lied about it because I wasn't in the mood. No, yeah. Like, oh, mate, I just had Red Bull. Like, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm promoting Red Bull this week and I've got to drink yeah. 20, 20 a day. See what it does and, to me. And the funny thing is now later in life, I personally, if I ever lie about it, it's not for me. It's for them because the yeah. amount of times I'll be like quite loud and you know I'll tick or whatever, and they go, "Oh, what, what's that? What do you keep doing that for, mate?" I think if I tell them right now in a in a dinner table, mm. they're going to get so embarrassed that they've just pointed that out, mm. yeah. and I get worried for them because when I tell them oh, I've got Tourette's, they go, "I am so sorry. Mm. I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm a comedian. Like, for goodness' sake, like I've made a career out of having Tourette's. Like yeah. it doesn't affect me in the slightest. Mm. But for their sake, I'm like, oh, I'm." <laughs> I'm hyperactive. Yeah. yeah. I've got an itchy shirt. Like yeah. sometimes I'll just go, oh, yeah. I don't want to do I'm allergic to the washing powder. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I don't want to handle you apologizing to me. So I don't, I'm just going to wash it off. Yeah. But um, my parents were great. They were very loving. And I distinctly remember, I was thinking about this last night, actually. I had a tick fit when I was younger where <clears throat> grunting and, and, Oh gosh. Right. Like yeah. full on flicking my hands and to the point where I couldn't control it. It was so overwhelming, so frustrating. I was about seven at the time. And I was yelling and crying and oh, I hate them. What the hell? And I just remember mum consoling me and mm. getting on her knees with me and holding me and it's okay, just let it out and just kind of helped me through it. Yeah, no, my mum, my mum is a, she's an angel in human form, I like to say, and both dad, they're very, very good. I've been very fortunate. I mean, every family has their dynamics and their problems. Sure. <laughs> I was about to say, the day I would ever hear Jamie Lee say I was an angel and looking after <laughs> you, I'm going to be calling you, Seamus, and go, my God, my daughter, my daughter said it. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, I think parents are amazing yeah. um, because I know having a normal kid is such hard work. <laughs> yeah. So and I do, I think about parents that have struggles with kids who are sick and struggles with kids, yeah. you know, there's so much that goes on. Mm. And just being a, a parent to a normal kid, and then you think about all the other stuff that parents have to do for kids that need that extra support or extra mm. doctor's appointments mm. or, I mean, seeing Jamie Lee bully when she was younger, if she ever was, mm. it breaks your heart as a parent. All you want yeah. is the best for your kids and, you know, mm. the way that they've chosen to help you and sort you and love you is just the coolest thing in the world. Mm. Like, that's cool. I, I think something that was in their favour was I was the youngest, so my oldest brother was a real troublemaker <laughs> and then the second brother, you know, he was a bit of a, a stoner at some point. So by the time it got to me, and my, my sister, she was, you know, teenage angst, like my, my, my parents are losers. So by the time it got to me, it was a lot more, it was a bit easier, I think. And, uh, but I, I, my problem, uh, they never had a problem with my Tourette's, but I was a really hyperactive. Yeah. I love putting people in awkward situations. <laughs> I love, I'm a comedian, so I always love cracking jokes and playing no. pranks. And their, their, their issue with me was I used to just, uh, I used to, Let loose. I used to like, yeah, like, for example, mum and dad are watching the TV. I was like 10 and I'd just take my clothes off, walk in front of the television, <laughs> turn around and do a Mooney and, like, spread my cheeks apart. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, what is he doing? And, I, like, I just thought it was funny. So I'd do it. Like, just random stuff like that. And they're like, this kid is a psycho. So that stuff that they had the problem with. It wasn't, it wasn't oh, my God. I could so imagine you. I'd be like, get away, Notting Hill's on. Will you just move? Just do it in the corner. I'm watching Notting Hill. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, bloody parents. How old were you, Seamus, when you – I mean, how old were you when it all started to happen? So I was diagnosed at 10. Okay. I, wow. I was born with it. Okay. I've had ticks since everyone can remember. Okay. It really became prominent and really obvious at I reckon around seven or eight. Mm, right. Yeah, around that. And then because it was the 90s. That was 1998. Mm, yeah. And so no one knew what it was. No. And even, even the movie Juice Bigelow, Mal Gigolo hadn't even come out yet when <laughs> I had Tourette's. Oh, so wow. No one had heard of it. And what actually happened is I called them habits. So what happened is I, I, I broke my mum's heart one night when I was at the edge of my bed and I was praying and I said, God, take these habits away from me. Oh. So I called them habits because I didn't know what they were. No. And I hated them so much. Mm. And, and my nana was watching a documentary on mm. 60 Minutes or whatever mm. on Tourette's. Mm. And my nana called the phone straight away, Mum, Gina, You've got to tell, take Seamus to the doctors. I reckon he's got Tourette's. And so mm. we went to GPs and specialists. And then yeah, I think it was like a year later, I formally properly got diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome. Yeah. 
everybody's case is different. Yeah. Some are much more extreme. Some mm. are mild. Some are very different. So I, I know some kids who have uh, like they have a tick that they all of a sudden can't walk. And so there's a guy in a wheelchair. He could walk up until he was 16, 17. And then he's now, now he's in a wheelchair. This is a tick. So mm. there, it's really extreme, really complex, mm. and not a lot of research has been done and um, not a lot of funding has been put into the research. So that's still we're still uncovering more and more. And yet the stats are one in 100 kids no. and there's no research and no funding. That is just re- extraordinarily stupid. Yeah. It's That's so crazy. crap. How can we all run around with signs? We'll yeah. walk the country. Yeah. We'll really? help. Yeah. Anyway, we can. We'll be your like barrel girls. We're not girls. very active. The three of us aren't very active or coordinated, so I don't know how the running yeah. would go. Yeah. But. We'll be jumping in foam pits, doing some handstands. Yes. But, I mean, if they're the stats... Yeah. It, it, it baffling and it's ridiculous that we're not doing more about it and we're not talking about it. Like I don't – until I started looking up your website and understanding more about it, I yeah. just was like, why don't we know more about it when mm. the stats are so ridiculous? Mm. Yeah, and and, and I, there are – underneath Tourette's, like there are so many other – symptoms that people don't know about and so mm. many conditions that fall under it like you know adhd ocd that's just one like they're just two but there are so many mm. and so you know it's the people with those conditions mm. also have symptoms of tourette's and things like that so yeah. it's a very yeah that that's one of the reasons why i'm kind of really pushing this because i do want to get the word out there yeah. i do want to you know and so i would say every talk i have done there has been someone that comes up to me afterwards and either says my sister has it oh. my son has mm. it or, or someone, and, and that teachers pulled me aside and said, he's got it. Like mm. there is so, it is, it is once you, it's like when you start, like you buy a blue car, you start seeing all these blue yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. Like it is really. I'm going to start seeing female hyenas everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not hard to miss, Chris. <laughs> oh, they're not, but now I'll know what I'm looking at, won't I? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. Are there any other? No. I, well, I guess if there was one thing you could, if there was a kid out there listening yeah. to this right now and they were struggling and, you know, going, I'm, I've got Tourette's and I don't know what to do. I feel like a failure. What would you, what would you tell them? I would say it's going to be okay. Oh. It is hard. It is hard and mm. it does suck, but it gets better. Mm. And, and and it's up to you. It's up to you and how you deal with it. It's yours. You can either love it, you can hate it, but it's it's um it gets better. It's going to be okay. It's not as bad as you think. Mm. That's the best advice ever, isn't it? And, and that's Everyone. simple to say, mm. you know, it's going to be okay and take yeah. it on. And, I mean, all the tips that you've given today, that would help so many people and yeah. we can get the word out everywhere. I'm going to start walking around with signs. Your phone number is going to be going crazy. Now, like, ring this bloke. He'll tell you everything you need to know. And if you want a fun fact, you know who and to if call you know, to. Yeah, if you want a fun fact, you know who to call. Not Ghostbusters. Who are you no, going to call? Seamus. Seamus. I'll tell you another animal fact. Please. Oh, please. Clownfish are all born male. But, again, the the boss of the school essentially is a female. They're the alpha female. And so when that one alpha female dies, the next alpha male in line turns into a female. Stop it. Yeah. You're clowning around now. I don't believe yeah. that. Yay. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. I would just like. change sex. Done. That's cool. Oh I God. reckon you could rock this pink suit too. Oh, I rock pink. Don't you worry. I love the blonde wig. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Take a look at this. Oh, my God. Show us your wig. Yes. Get out. Get show out of here. Show us your wig. No, stop it. Stop it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm that taking a photo. Yeah, that's what this we need. Seamus, <laughs> <laughs> you oh waited just God. until the end to put that on. I can't believe we weren't annoyed. doing the whole podcast. Because you look hot like that. Well, you look hot both ways. <laughs> You're amazing. You're seriously doing such yeah. – I feel like your journey has led you to this point. It has. And, it's, and the world's lucky to have you. It is. Mm. We're very, oh, um, thanks, girls. Even yeah. us, we're the luckiest in the world because no one's ever going to have a, the coolest chat that we've just had with you. Um, and don't think this is the last of us, buddy, because we no. are going to be back as soon as we get on that plane. Ever. If you could ask Anna, I know that you're not into politics, but just ask Anna to let us in the I'm borders. I'm going to call now. Yeah, Anna, that'd be, babe, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Wait, open up the borders. Yeah. <laughs> because the girls need to get in so we can come and personally thank you and start on our uh, X-rated Saturday night totally wild version. 
done. I'll make a couple of phone calls. But hey, dream thank big. you so much for having thank me, Thank you, really honestly. That. And how can we plug you? How yeah. can people find you? How can we get you out there? So my website is yeah. SeamusEvans.com. Yep. My Instagram is Mr. Seamus Evans mm-hmm. and my Facebook is Mr. Seamus Evans and uh, it's S-E-A-M-U-S. <laughs> uh, well, how did you spell it? You, oh, uh, it wasn't that. <laughs> You'll blame your glasses, but it was glasses blonde and hair, I think. My, yeah, glasses, blonde hair and dyslexia. Try and get all three. I'm never going to get your name right without you telling me. <laughs> we are ready. We're ready to rock this town. Seamus, yeah, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you. Thanks, Seamus. Thank you for everything. Best. You've uh, changed people's lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. So much, Later, girls. alligator. Bye, See ya. Oh, alligator, hyena, oh. <laughs> cuttlefish, cuttlefish, cuttlefish. <laughs> turtles. We've got it all going on. You're the best. See ya. Thanks, James. Bye. Wow. What a totally wild journey. Oh, totally wild. Oh, playing, was... on, <laughs> playing on his TV appearances of Totally Wild. Oh, isn't he amazing. just an incredible human doing yeah. incredible things? Yeah. And, you know, this week I think with especially people in COVID we've had, you know, it's been really tough, but it's just nice to hear some uplifting, yeah, inspiring is. stories from Australians on what they're doing. And to, you know, to have him on our show, I just, I feel privileged. So do I. Uh, and I think that was, you know, obviously Tourette's is uh, something that we want to really discuss, but I think for anyone struggling, anyone feeling like they're a bit lost in the world at the moment, feeling like they don't have a place, uh, feeling like, you know, where to now, I think all the messages he sent yeah. then were just so important. Yeah. You know, you can do it and you actually have choice and you have autonomy. And, you know, if there are places you want to go or things you want to do, you can decide. Yeah, yeah you and, can. You know, we all have flaws. We all have faults. But if we just really, you know, own ourselves, own who we are, then it, there's nothing that can stop you. Look, he's a prime example. Yeah. He lived his dreams and I know. An And his message was, it'll be okay. You're going to be okay. So whatever you choose, no matter whatever you do, Mm. it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know what? If it doesn't work out, so what? And I think that's the best thing, isn't it? It's and I think you know a lot of people are struggling now with COVID and the lockdowns and the pandemic, but it is going to be okay. And it's sometimes nice to hear that message and yeah. be reassured that yeah. it will be. And from someone that has had the hard card dealt, I mean, having yeah. HD, having Tourette's, all the stuff going through life, mm-hmm. back in a time when we didn't know anything about it, mm-hmm. um, and he's okay. Yeah. He's better than okay. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. killing it. He's killing it. So that was our little nice episode. That's our nice episode this week. <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing it because I refuse to. I just, I just want to hear you keep singing that song. No, no, no. Stop. All right. Thanks for listening, Gappers. Thanks so we'll much. see you next week. Bye. Bye. 